about a month ago I came up with my ideas for what I would preach over Christmas and suitably blogged them. Now I haven't changed what I wanted to say this morning, but I definitely did change where I would say it from. Because as the week went on, I got more and more drawn into this Mary story, whose song we sang last week, so if you're taking it, if you have OCD, you're struggling because I'm taking this in the wrong order. Um, I started to think about Mary and what uh, it might mean for us to step into Mary's story. Now, of course, for us Protestants, at least a good number of us in Fitzroy are Protestants still, um, that's a bit of an issue. The Catholics might find it a bit easier. Because when I was growing up, the only time I really heard much about Mary was when I went to Windsor Park and they were singing songs that weren't very nice about Mary. Um, They were anti-Catholic songs. And in being anti-Catholic, they were singing abusive language about Jesus' mother that I'm not sure Jesus would have been very happy with. Yeah, it's a bit like the sound of music. How do we solve a problem like Maria? How do we, as Protestants, deal with Mary? Because I've been to the Novena a few times, as I do, and I'm never comfortable about the praying to Mary. And I always talk to Father Jerry about that. But then the rector phoned me one day and said, Steve, we have a, a a, a, a redemptorist icon is coming to Belfast and I said okay and he said it's Mary and I went okay and he said and they want to take it to Stormont and I went okay and they said you're going to have to get us out of this and I went okay he said if we could bring the Protestants in then we could sort of diffuse the Mary thing a bit because we're not sure about that just as much as the icon says. So Fitzroy Clonard went to Stormont and we prayed for every um, newly elected politician as they were then. There's been another election since and they didn't last long in office either though they seem to be getting paid for that. Um, So this Mary thing is not just something that we battle with within the Protestant situation, it was something that we helped Clonard with when Mary was maybe going to be a little bit more or too excessive. And then I was with a friend this week and they were saying how they find themselves um, uh, through their work, they find in a school, they find themselves uh, in kind of Catholic worship quite a bit. And they said, and of course they talk about blessed are you among women. And I said, "Ah, well, that bit's in the Bible, you know. But again, the Protestant anti-Mary has lost the biblical Mary. So what could we do if we put ourselves into Mary's story? What could we find about ourselves this Advent if we spent some time thinking about Mary? I'm going to ask Erin to sing a song that in some ways inspired this entire uh, morning because I was looking for something to blog out of my Advent blogs from the past and I came across this one. 
And it came at a time when uh, Janet Morris was doing um, an Electio Divina here in Fitzroy one Sunday night on Mary. And then the same year, Dave sang, or Caroline Orr, I think, for Dave sang this song that Dave had written about Mary. And this morning, I'm very excited that Erin's going to sing this song. Let's see where we might find ourselves in Mary's story or Mary's song.
wonderful stuff. And my senses overwhelm me when I estimate his majesty. Every fiber of my being joins with all creation singing. Songs of how the weak are lifted up. Songs that tell the richness of his love. Last week we were talking about how only Jesus could be deep and wide. And last week we concentrated a lot on Jesus being wide. And this morning I want to talk about that personal depth. The richness of God's love in you and me. There was nothing promised that's easily imagined, the song sang, Aaron sang. The questions of the future leave me puzzled and concerned. But his grace today is all I need. I know his love and love him in return. Mary's story that were read to us by Gillian is the story of someone who experienced the love and the favour of God. It's what we all crave. We all crave to be recognised. We all crave that something we do might be recognised. There's nothing like somebody saying, that wasn't a bad sermon, even when there was a bad sermon. Something of what we do being recognized by someone else does something to us. To find that we're loved wherever that source of love is, is that which probably makes us most human. The moment we feel 10-10, we go back to life in all its fullness, are probably those moments when we most feel Loved. Greetings, you're highly favoured, the angel says to Mary. The Lord is with you. This reading takes me back a little bit to a reading that I read a lot pastorally. Isaiah 43. In Isaiah 43, we're talking about the people of God. But there it says, words that you'll hear in the Mary story. Do not fear. Then it goes on, why should we not fear? For I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Recognized. Recognized to the very name. Being God's. Since you are precious and honored in my sight, and because I love you, Isaiah 43 goes on. And they could be the words of the angel. Since you are precious, Mary, and honoured in God's sight, because God loves you. And the fear of what Dave wonderfully calls that not easily imagined, or the questions of the future that leave Mary puzzled and concerned, the love of being recognised by God, of being favoured by God, of knowing that God knows you, can cast out the fears. Do not be afraid, Mary, you have found favour with God. So finding ourselves in Mary's story this morning, what about Stockman? Or what about you? Do you have some kind of understanding that you're recognised, loved, favoured, 
by God. The breadth of his influence. The depth of that love. And that this story, whether as on Free Willie's app this morning, we've been wondering if whether there was a stable or not, and it's not likely. This nativity scene reminds us that not just Mary, but humanity, and not just humanity in its breadth, but Stockman and you are favoured, loved, known by name. But there's more. And I did this thing with two of Dave's songs. I've done that before here in Fitzroy. But uh, I took the Mary song and um, Dave's album that came out at the same time had this song called Dear Theo, which was written uh, about Van Gogh and was sung at our gospel according to. And I couldn't help but linking the vocational sense of Van Gogh with Mary in her song. So here's Dear Theo. Theo van Gogh was, uh, was Vincent's brother. <laughs> Much more stable half of the pair. Um, and the letters from Theo back and forth between Vincent, most of them still survive. And published a few years back. Well, I'll say a few years, probably 10 or 20 years back. But you can still buy the book. Um, so a lot of the lyrics are drawn from that. Dear Theo, I painted in the fields today. Watched the cornfields and the pine tops sway, dear Theo. The breezes stirred my soul. Dear Theo, I sketched the farm hands turning soil. Backs turned in repeated toil, dear Theo. Simplest of tasks As for me I know it may sound strange But these grey lines on the page Release a part of me once caged Now my heart and world engage Dear Theo my palette's changing as the seasons pass The scarlet poppies have not bloomed their last, dear Theo But I welcome in the cold Dear Theo You know it hasn't always been this way For I have lived through tense, tormented days, dear Theo Paralyzed by fear But now there is equilibrium Joy in the person that I have become No longer I get bruised or worn I'm a composition taking form It 
This is my calling and my creed. This is my gift and deepest need. Where I am at my most complete. Where earth and heaven's best intentions meet. Dear Theo, I salute the glory of the Eden sky. It prompts my brush to eulogize, dear Theo. Worship from me flows, dear Theo. There is pleasure yet in winter's sting. I find an honest joy in everything, dear Theo. I'd wish that you were here. You are the constant part of me, the man I might yet come to be, the one who sets my spirit free. Dear Theo, Dave's words in Dear Theo, this is my calling and my creed, this is my gift and deepest need, where I am at my most complete, where earth and heaven's best intentions meet, took me back to his Mary song, took me back into the scripture that Gillian read for us this morning, because it seems to me that writing about Van Gogh and writing about these letters to Theo that David had sometime, somehow captured what that must have been for Mary in that moment or in those moments. This is my calling. It was vocational. This is my belief that she needed to hold on to. This is her gift, but it's also her deepest need to respond to God in this way. This is where Mary became the Mary that we know today. The Mary that we have a problem to solve about in our acumenical thinking about her. But this young teenage girl, Luli, as we've been hearing about this morning, we're talking about today, why? Because of her calling, because of her creed, because of her gift, because of her need, because she became the most complete Mary where earth and heaven's best intentions met and that wasn't easy it seems to me far from it because for Mary earth's expectations and the strange ways of heaven met in very very weird bizarre and costly ways teenage girl pregnant in the village now that's a strange way of heaven when we think of earth's expectations and that's what Mary has to deal with that's what she has to respond to and she gets this if we read the if we read well or we hear well the amplified version or the NIV or whatever version of the Bible we have we can hear a formula that we found back in the Old Testament for how prophets are called There's a greeting in verse 28. 
There's a startled reaction in verse 29. There's an exhortation not to fear in verse 30. There's a divine commission, verses 31 to 33. There's the old prophet's objection in verse 34. There's the reassurance of verse 35. There's the offer of a confirming a sign in 36 to 37. Just like Moses' call or Isaiah's call, Mary finds herself being called to be complete in her vocation for God. Finally, in verse 38, echoing back surely to Isaiah, here I am, the servant of the Lord. Might recall Samuel as well. So who are we in this Mary story or where are we in this Mary story? What about ourselves? What is our calling? What is our vocation? Why have we been put down on planet earth? Oh, we can work that out by our gifting. We can work that out by all the personality traits that are in the room. For all the different ways that we see different arguments. For all the ways that we can't believe that they voted for those. All different personalities. All different ways of looking at the world. All different gifting. All different genius. But what is our individual calling? Our vocation. What makes us complete? I think that's the journey that we need to be on in our lives. That I'm still on at 58. Trying to work out. Why was I born? And why was I born to be here? I'm always fascinated that. I spent the first 18 years in Ballymena. And then spent the most of the rest of my life. Within a mile's radius of here. That'll be one to be asking. When we get the chance to ask. But what am I here for? What is the purpose? And it's not just about a job. Our vocation. Our vocation is what we do. Maybe yes in a job. Or maybe more outside a job. Or maybe a blend and a blur of both. But who are we? Do we know that we're loved? Do we know that we're favoured? Because when we know we're favoured and loved. Then we have this possibility of doing so much more with who we are where in our lives can we go this Christmas or 2020 can you believe it's 2020 where can we go to find where earth and heaven's best intentions meet where's God's best intentions for me and where are God's best intentions for you and will it be a case sometimes that earth's expectations and the strange ways of heaven bring a cost to it when we follow when we follow the God who loves us favours us, calls us, tells us not to be afraid. Cursed for the life that's befallen you, Mary, blessed among women. Cursed for what neighbours are calling you, Mary, 
blessed among women. Cursed that no one will believe in you. Mary, blessed among women. Cursed that the holy men grieve for you. Mary, blessed among women. Blessed for giving back to God all that God had given you. Blessed that you, no matter what, did all that he asked you to. Blessed by ending up and doing what you were born to do. Blessed for giving back to God all that God had given you. Cursed by what your future serves, Mary, blessed among women. Cursed for always living on nerves, Mary, blessed among women. Cursed that you would suffer loss, Mary, blessed among women. Cursed by the shadow of that cross, Mary, blessed among women. Blessed for giving back to God all that God has given you. Blessed that you, no matter what, did all that he asked you to. Blessed by ending up and doing what you were born to do. Blessed for giving back to God all that God had given you. Where do we find ourselves? In the Mary story. Let's pray. Our God, we thank you for that model of Mary, the mother of the baby Jesus, who had to battle earth's expectations because of the strange ways of heaven, who was prepared to pay the cost and prepared to give back to you all that you'd given to her. Lord, we pray that we would find our calling and know our creed. We pray, Lord, that we would see the gift and the world's deepest need. We pray, Lord, that we would find ourselves complete when we live where earth and heaven's intentions meet. Call us, Lord. Remind us of your favor. Whisper to us again and again, do not be afraid. And may we, Lord, respond, here I am. Whatever you wish, whatever is your will, help me to fulfill it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.